It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipIt.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes and they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes so you can join right now for week 13. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy and the value and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio List a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. Jake Elliott 
Victoria! What if the Eagles never lose again? What if they just keep winning? What if they just go down the stretch, win every single game, including the Super Bowl? Alright, I'm getting a little ahead of myself there, but your Philadelphia Eagles are 10-1 and after defeating the Chicago Bears on Sunday. It is another victory edition of Afternoon QB with BLG right here on Bleeding Green Nation's Facebook page, which you are watching live if you are down there in the comments, like Elijah Gormley is saying hello, what's up Elijah? I know I don't want to put the jinx on it, but man, this team almost feels too good for jinxes. This team is almost too good that it's boring. Isn't that funny to say? I That was one of my takeaways almost from yesterday's game against the Bears. They were 14.5 point favorites. The Bears, we know they weren't any good. I know I was saying last week that I thought it might be tougher than expected. But the Bears also had some injuries, so that kind of took that away, that toughness away. The Eagles just dominated them. And they didn't even play all that well in terms of the Eagles still had mistakes. They had fumbles. They had penalties. Too many penalties. Too many fumbles. That stuff needs to get fixed. But even with all that, it was another game where the Eagles didn't even need to play a perfect game, just like the 49ers game, just like the Cowboys game a week ago. And they still won by 28 points. This team is good. (laughs) They're great. They're not just good. They're they're a great team. And again, I think I find myself here every single week saying, what am I even supposed to talk about at this point? Because we're seeing it on the field. They're good. What else can I say? They're fun, too. The touchdown celebrations. They're great. Doesn't even need to be a touchdown. Rizal Douglas picks off a pass, and then the whole Eagles defense is doing the electric slide. It gets called back because it's not a real interception. And then they do it again. When Corey Graham gets a real interception that time. The chemistry on this team, the energy, the just everything about this team. How can you not love this team? Carson Wentz, playing great. Didn't have his most awesome game against the Bears. Thought he looked pretty you know, good overall. That spin move, man. He just does things like that, and it's crazy. He is one of three players ever in the NFL. One of three players ever to have 28 or more touchdowns and five or fewer interceptions through the first 11 games of a season. One of three players ever. You know who the other two are? If you've seen the stat by now, you do. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Both of those guys have won MVP. Also have won Super Bowl MVP. I'd say Carson Wentz is in a pretty good spot right now. This Eagles team is so good. They're so fun. They're so great. And that is why you should come celebrate this Eagles team with us. Because we are going to be teaming up with our good friends from the right Sturkey Sanchez. That is Spike Eskin. And Michael Levin, from formerly from Liberty Ballers, still does some stuff for Liberty Ballers. We're going to celebrate the Sixers being good. We're going to celebrate the Eagles being good. It's going to be great. 
So that is, again, that's called We Were Right Before Christmas. It's at Underground Arts. It's on December 22nd. If you're listening to this live on Facebook, if you are, I'm waving hello to you. Tickets are only $15 right now until the end of today, the end of Cyber Monday. If you're listening to this on the replay and it's past Monday, sorry, they go up to 18 But if you're listening to it now, you can check that out. They, the tickets are available at undergroundarts.org, also available uh, we have information on bleedinggreennation.com. You can check out BGN underscore radio on Twitter. There's a link there as well. So go check that out because we deserve to celebrate how good this Eagles team is. And they're not done. The season isn't over. There's still a lot to be done. There's five games left in the regular season. There's the playoffs, the playoff run. So we're not, you know, we're not. It's not the parade just yet, but we're allowed to enjoy this. Enjoy it. Live in the moment a little and appreciate how special of a team this is, how special of a season this is. The Eagles can officially clinch the division, by the way, now that they've beaten the Bears on Thursday night. They don't play on Thursday night. So if you're wondering how that's possible and you don't know by now, you're probably living under a rock. Hopefully that's not the case, but if you are, the Eagles can beat, or sorry, they can win the NFC East on Thursday by the Cowboys losing to Washington. Now, of course, no one wants to see Washington win, but who cares? Washington's irrelevant at this point anyway. They're not, what are they doing? What are they going to do? They're still quite a little bit back in the playoff picture there. So a Washington win would allow the Eagles to officially Clinch the NFC East in November because Thursday is November 30th. It's the last day of November, so it's basically December. But that would be awesome just to clinch the division in week 13 before the Eagles even play in week 13. So that's and, – and it's funny too because the division's a formality at this point, right? I mean, the Eagles are going to do it. They just need one more win or the Cowboys need to lose one more game. So it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So it could be this Thursday. Personally, I would like to see the Eagles clinch on Thursday. Why not? Just get it over with as soon as possible. I don't want to, I don't need to see the Eagles beat Seattle to clinch. I mean, if they do that too, that's great. And we will get more into that Seahawks game a little bit later. But for now, talking about some of the NF- other NFC playoff picture stuff because winning the division again is that's pretty much a wrap at this point. We know that's going to happen. What the Eagles need to happen now, especially after the Saints losing to the Rams, which thank you, Rams. That was a big win for the Rams, big gain for the Eagles for the Saints to lose. Now that they've dropped a game, it gives the Eagles a little more breathing room. Still need the Vikings to lose. The Vikings are only one game behind the Eagles for that number one seed in the NFC. Minnesota's playing well. Too well. I just, I can't get over the Case Keenum thing. Case Keenum is playing well. Make no mistake about it. That guy deserves credit for how he's playing. It just doesn't feel like it's going to last. Am I wrong about that? It's Case Keenum, right? Like, quarterbacks have good seasons. We saw it with Nick Foles. We saw it with... Dak Prescott, quarterbacks who aren't all that great, as I'm winking to the camera, have good, especially for the Dak comment, have good seasons. But this Case Keenum thing, 
it just doesn't feel like it's going to last. Maybe it will because the Vikings have good receivers. But, man. So, the Vikings, next two games, they play at the Falcons and at the Panthers. They need to lose at least one of them. If they lose both, great. But at least one of them to just give the Eagles that little breathing room. Now, I know the Eagles are so good that we we don't want to rely on that breathing room. But I want the Eagles to be playing. I don't. Let me rephrase that. I don't want the Eagles to be playing in week 17. I don't want their starters to be playing that week. I want the NFC to be wrapped up. So I don't, I don't, we need to see the Vikings lose because I don't want to see a situation where the Eagles have to play in week 17 to somehow clinch the number one seed. No, don't want to do that. Some of the things that the Eagles need to fix going forward, now that we're talking about playoffs, we saw in that Bears game yesterday. There was a lot of good things. The offense can't be stopped. It's their first time in franchise history that the Eagles have scored 28, or they outscored their opponents, rather, by 20 or more points in three straight games. This offense is great. They're averaging nearly 31 points a game. And the Bears' defense isn't horrible. That's the thing, too. It's not a great defense, but it's not, like, the worst defense in the league. It's not. You look at all the metrics, they're at least average in defense. So for the Eagles to kind of just, you know, put up a ton of points on that Bears' defense... It's another good sign. The offense can't be stopped. The offensive line looks great. Carson Wentz is able to take advantage of the time he's getting in the pocket. The running game is is great. Jay Ajayi is averaging 9.7 yards per carry. And we'll get to Jay Ajayi in a little bit too. I saw some of the comments floating around out there in articles in the media on Twitter, down here in the Facebook Live comments on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page at facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation. But we'll get to that. The defense playing at an historical level. This defensive line is so good. We say it every week. They're stopping the run. The Bears would have had negative six yards rushing. Think about that. Negative six yards rushing against this Eagles team. If it weren't for Mitchell Trubisky running for 11 yards in garbage time. The trenches on this team, the offensive line and the defensive line, they give them a chance to win against anyone. So does the quarterback. This whole team right now is playing at such a high level. It's really special to see. And honestly, they can be even better because some of the things they're doing are not that good. Again, you look at that Bears game, it was sloppy. Too many penalties. They had 11 penalties. Four of those were false starts, and four of those were either uh, offside or encroachment by the defense. That's too many. These defensive lines and these offensive lines are the strengths of the team. They can't be having penalties like that, especially at home. It's a home game. How are you having that many penalties? And how are you fumbling that much? They had four fumbles. I want to say five because I felt like Zach Ertz fumbled at one point in the game too, but he recovered it real quick. They didn't mark it down in the stat book. I was looking that up, but it should have been one, or at least it could have been one. It was too close to being one. That's the point. The ball security needs to be better. And now I got to give Doug credit here. Doug Peterson said 
during his press conference on Monday that he wants the message to be clear to his players that you guys won, that's great, but the things, the mistakes that went on that game, they were unacceptable, and I agree. If this team wants to be serious about making a run, they can do it. We know they can do it. They're that, they're that good. But to be able to win a championship and to be able to go on a run in the playoffs, you have to clean that stuff up. So I'm going to take it as a positive. I'm going to take it as the Eagles are going to work on those mistakes in practice this week. They're going to The coaches are going to make sure to stress that with the players. I like it because the Eagles have had all these blowout wins, and maybe that kind of brings the focus back on, hey, we made these mistakes. We need to get that corrected, especially before going on a three-game road trip that features some tough games coming up, which we'll get to in a second. But one more thing I wanted to get to before we start talking about this week's game against the Seattle Seahawks. And Brian C. Knight in the comments here is pointing out that Zach Ertz's knee was down, so it wasn't a fumble. That's fair, but it looked too close. And there was too many there's too much fumbling in that game where you can't even give the opponent that opportunity where it looks like one. So the the thing I wanted to get to has to do with Jay Ajayi, who indeed fumbled yesterday. And it's a shame too, because that was a great run. That run that Jay Ajayi fumbled on, which should have been a touchdown run. That was a great run, and that's that's the exact kind of run why that shows you why the Eagles traded for Jay Ajayi because he exploded through the line of scrimmage there. He is an explosive player. In his three games with the Eagles now, we've seen him break off these big runs. It's great for this offense. It adds a threat that they didn't have before because guess what? Garrett Blunt, he's pretty good at running the ball. As we saw, he almost had 100 yards against the Bears. But he's not going to take it to the house. He can break off some big runs. He's going to run tough, be hard to tackle. Same thing with Corey Clement. Corey Clement has some nice runs too, but he's not going to run all the way down the field. He's not that explosive. Jai is. And we, yes, he gets caught behind like he did in the Dallas game. But he can get into the open field and make some plays. So after the game, there was some talk. It was on NBCS Philly. Did I get that right? NBCS NBC Sports Philadelphia. They changed the name from CSN Philly. It's got everyone confused. Jai was talking in the locker room, and Ray Ginger basically said that Jai was being too pouty. He was kind of he didn't seem excited after the win, and to Ray's point. I agree. I mean, he didn't seem super excited. But I don't know that that necessarily means he's a selfish player. I think that was the what Ray Didinger was trying to say. And those were the questions about J.H.I. coming out of Miami when the Eagles made that trade. There was talk that he wasn't happy with always the carries that he was getting or even when the, the Dolphins would win, he would be upset because... He didn't get the touches he wanted, and he stormed out of the locker room. That's what we heard in Miami. Now, I think there's probably some legitimacy to that. But I also think, like I said at the time of the trade, that that gets embellished when the Dolphins made a trade like that. It goes out. They leak things to reporters so that it makes it seem like the Dolphins trade wasn't as bad. 
So I don't think that's totally fake coming out of nowhere. But I do think JGI was pretty upset because he fumbled. I remember looking at that play. I was in the press box at the link. I was looking at JGI specifically after he fumbled that ball and Nelson Aguilar recovered it. JGI was pretty upset. He was on the field. He was laying down with his hands on his head. And you, someone could say, oh, we should be happy. They scored the touchdown. Sure. But I get why he's upset. It's a big mistake. What if he lost that ball? What if that fum- got fumbled out of the end zone? He can't fumble like that. And he knows that. So I think he is down on himself because I think anyone would be. You made a big mistake. Your teammate made up for it. That's great. You should go thank him in the locker room. Absolutely. But I think anyone should would naturally be a little down on themselves after making a mistake like that, especially because you were so close. It was such a great run. When you have it ruined like that, you're going to be bummed out. So I don't put too much into that whole JGI thing. I think it's a situation where the Eagles are winning, as I said at the top of this show, and there's so many positive things to talk about that when there's like a negative thing that – a lot of attention can get easily drawn to that. And I don't even think it's a real negative thing. I just think it's kind of a, a, a crack there that people try to, to, to pry at and to put extra attention on that. And especially because we heard about it again coming out of Miami. So I'm not putting a whole lot into that JGI thing. People are, some people might say, oh, he's selfish and he wanted more carries or, oh, something silly like that. But it's too early for me to say that. And maybe he's not, here's the reality, guys. Maybe he's not the best team player. That doesn't matter. As long as he's not, you know, totally being a, a total locker room cancer and everyone hates him and it's something like DeMarco Murray. But I don't think that's the case. He might not be the most team-friendly guy, but I don't think that ruins a whole lot here because guess what? He's still going to be breaking off those big runs each week. And hopefully he studies the tape He works on not fumbling the ball, and he doesn't make that mistake again, and he gets into the end zone, and he's not going to be upset after that. He'll be a lot happier when he's scoring those touchdowns. So I think the J.E.J.I. stuff is pretty much a non-issue. It's something to keep an eye on, as someone, as people might say, and we'll see how that, we'll monitor that to see if this is a trend or or if this is just a one-off, but... I've seen people talking about that. I don't put a whole lot of stock into that. We'll see. Now, Jay Ajayi and the Eagles offense, they have a tough test this week. Not as tough as it usually would be, but still not easy. The Eagles play the Seattle Seahawks this week, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. But the Eagles are opening as five-and-a-half-point favorites in Seattle. Really? That's crazy. I mean, the Eagles have been killing teams, so I get it. But a team has not been favored by that much in Seattle since 2012. And look, I know the Seahawks are missing Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor, they're banged up. They're not the same Seahawks team that we're used to. But they're not suddenly bad. You know, they're still a good team. They're still 7-4. and four. 
they're one game out of the NFC West lead, so they still have a lot to play for as well. No one should be writing the Seahawks off. It's okay to say that they're not in their peak form, but this Seahawks team, they're they're good. I mean, they still have good pieces. I mean, their defense, their defensive line, they still have talent there. Bobby Wagner, still a really good linebacker. Earl Thomas, he's around. That's a name we all know. But when I look at this Seattle team, and I see the Eagles are five-and-a-half-point favorites, that just tells me how good this Eagles team and how well-respected they're being. And, ah, man, I want to say that I feel so good that the Eagles, you know, to cover that. But And the line has shifted. Let's be fair here. The line has shifted down. It went down to 3.5. It went back up to 4 which tells you there's a bunch of people betting on the Seahawks. And there should be, because the Seahawks are 42-8 and eight at home in their last 50 games. Now, two of those losses have come in, the, in Seattle's last two games. And it could have been three, because the Houston Texans had a lead on Seattle late in that game earlier this season, back when Deshaun Watson was healthy. But the Seahawks had a last-minute drive, and they won. So it's not like the Seahawks are as unbeatable in Seattle as they have been. But I'm not going to assume that, you know, it's it's not going to be a walk in the park to me at least. Maybe, it may, I mean, with this Eagles team, maybe it will. Who knows? But when I just, I think, you know, Seattle deserves respect is what I'm trying to say. Russell Wilson can do things that you just can't stop. It's almost Aaron Rodgers level of, you can't defend it. He's just going to do some crazy stuff. It's almost Carson Wentz level, I should say, of some of the things that he does where, especially against this defense, and you have this defensive line, and we'll get more into this in depth on the BGN Radio preview show this week, which you can find by making sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those podcast apps. Uh, We'll have those shows out for you. But one of the things that Russell Wilson does really well, obviously, is run around and avoid pressure. So... Kind of interested to see how that goes, but I just can't get over the fact that the Eagles are such heavy favorites in Seattle. Again, it tells you where this team is right now, and what a what a moment it would be for this Eagles team to get a win in Seattle. I don't care if the Seahawks aren't in peak form. Again, that's just it's not easy, and I don't care that it's been done in their last two games. It's not easy to go in Seattle and win. Those teams weren't blowing out Seattle, the teams that beat them. Those are close games. The Eagles might have to win a close game in Seattle. And honestly, you know, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with the Eagles blowing out all of their opponents or any of their opponents. But I do want to see them go up against a better team than they've been going against recently. The blowouts are great and all, but I want to see some I want to see the Eagles go against a more competitive team and see how they go against them because the way the Eagles are playing right now it's totally different than they were earlier in the season. They're more confident. They're more established. Jay is here. There's new pieces on the team. Ronald Darby is back. Now that the Eagles are kind of at their full form, and even, even so with injuries to Jason Peters and Darren Sproles, I just want to see what this team can do against Seattle. So I'm really looking forward to this week and seeing how that goes. Should be a good game. Now, to further preview... This week's Seattle matchup against the Eagles. Um, 
we are looking at our three sorry i was for the pause there i was looking at one of the comments in the facebook live here it's our good friend thomas ringard peterson saying hello from denmark and telling me that i should remind jack fritz who is our great host of the counterpoint podcast that he needs to stay in the spot which for those who haven't listened to the counterpoint podcast that's the the spot jack stays in during the games to make sure the eagles win it's his superstition uh, but yes, he will need to stay in the spot this week. And again, once once again, in order to preview this week's game, we have three over and unders, as always, as we do every single Monday, from our good friend Stephen Lee. That's at Stephen underscore Lee twenty on Twitter, and that's Stephen with a ph. So Stephen Lee is really good at setting the over and unders for us. We have three to get to today, all relating to the Eagles-Seahawks game. Starting us off, we have, and by the way, before I get to the over-unders real quick, sounds like Stephen Lee is going to be tracking them, or John Barchard, who, our, our beautiful friend John Barchard, who obviously hosts BGN Radio and all the great things we do here. Sounds like they're going to be keeping track of my over-and-under predictions, so we'll try to get those out to you. If you guys want to see how I'm doing this year, hopefully it's good. I don't know. Hopefully I'm going to say that I'm probably doing at least okay, I would hope. So uh, the first one that we have today, Seattle. Do the Seahawks get 350 yards, more or less than that? So over under 350 yards of total offense. Against the Bears, the Eagles held Chicago to 140 yards of offense. That's the fewest amount of yards they've allowed dating back to 20 years ago. That's crazy. The Eagles are, the defense is playing so well right now. For all the attention that Carson Wentz gets and Doug Peterson and Alshon Jeffrey and Aguilar and the touchdown celebrations, the defense is playing at such a high level right now. And yes, I'm taking the under on the 350 because you look at this Eagles team, they're only allowing 291 per game on average. That's the sixth fewest. The Seahawks are averaging 360. So it's that's that's sixth or that is eighth in the league. So they don't have a bad offense by any means. And the Eagles have allowed only more than 350 twice this season. That was to the Chargers. It was to the Giants. That was earlier in the season. Remember the Eagles were having those terrible fourth quarters in games where they would be the defense would look pretty good for the first three, or at least okay, and then the fourth quarter would just be a disaster. I think the Eagles have figured out things since then. They have Ronald Darby back. This team is playing so well and together right now. Derek Barnett, I think, is further along in his development than he was back then. I'm taking the under on yards for Seattle. Maybe they pass it somehow in garbage time. That's the only way I could see it happening. I don't think the Seattle offense just freely moves the ball against this Eagles defense. So I am taking the under for that. Which brings us to number two. 23 points scored for the Eagles. Do the Eagles score more or less than 23 points? The over or the under? Which one are you taking? For me... I am taking the over. I'm looking at this Eagles team, and 20 is the fewest points the Eagles have scored this season. And that was only once in their 11 games. 
that they were under 23. So I don't think this Seattle defense is good enough to keep this Eagles offense, which is averaging 31 points per game, under 23. Maybe it's maybe the Eagles only scored 27. I'm, I don't know if they get to 30. I don't know if that's a lock, but I do think they get more than 23. So as everyone down there in the comments is taking the over, I am also taking the over. Seattle, though, has only allowed over 23 just three times this season, so that's something to consider. But when you look at the, the three times that they did allow more than 23, it was a lot more than 23. It was 38, 34, and 33. So the Eagles... Or sorry, the Seahawks have given up some big games on defense, points-wise. Will the Eagles be the, the next one? I mean, the way this offense is working, it could be. Our last over and under of the day, number three, brings us to rushing yards for the Eagles. Before I get to this stat, I will point out that the Eagles have rushed for 170 yards 175 yards or more in three straight games for the first time in franchise history, I believe. That's pretty crazy. So, will the Eagles get more than 125 rushing yards in this game? I feel like I'm taking the over there, too. They're averaging 147.5 per game, so their average is over 125. That's second most in the NFL. The Seahawks are only allowing 98.4, which is ninth best. So their defense is still a good run defense. And only three teams have gone over 125 on Seattle this year. So not the easiest thing to do. But the way this offensive line is blocking right now, and I feel like even though we've talked about Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, and even Big V and, and Steven Wisniewski as well, or Stefan Wisniewski, I believe it is. Even though you know we've talked about them at points, I still feel like they're not getting enough credit week in and week out. And that's part of my fault too. I feel like whenever I write about this Eagles team and I write about the offense, I, I somehow just don't give them enough credit. So I want to give those guys credit because they are blocking so well. The Eagles are managing the running back rotation well. You have to give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson and Deuce Staley. The guys are being mixed in. Like Garrett Blunt one week is pounding the rock and carrying this team. And then they're mixing in Jay Ajayi for some of those big runs that we talked about earlier. And then Corey Clement can kind of do everything. And then Kenyon Barner, who barely even plays on offense, you saw against the, the Cowboys. Kenyon Barner only played two total snaps of offense against the Cowboys. One was that nice 22-yard reception along the sideline. And the other was that short touchdown run. So the Eagles have four running backs, really, who can contribute. And then Wendell Smallwood, who is on the bench and inactive on game day. But, you know, Wendell Smallwood, for as much as he hasn't been good, enough to really apparently and clearly earn that active roster spot. I mean, you could do worse for a fifth-string running back. So the Eagles have the, the, the horses, as you will, to get this done. I think they can go over 125. I think it'll be close. I think it could be close there. But I do expect the Eagles to have a lead in this game, so I do think they'll be able to they'll be certainly in position to run the ball. Uh so I think they get over 125 as well. Now, all of those predictions are clearly 
on the optimistic side, I'm feeling good about this one. Again, I don't think it's a gimme by any means. I don't think the Eagles just go into Seattle and have their way with them. That just doesn't happen. It's a hard place to play. The Eagles saw that last year. It's not going to be easy, but it should be a good test for this Eagles team. It's not like they need to be tested. It's not like the Eagles are some kind of unproven commodity, and I don't buy into the idea that, oh, they haven't played anyone yet. What are we talking about? The Panthers are 8-3. and three. The Eagles beat them decisively. That game was so the, the score in that game was so much closer than it, it really was. If the officiating, if Pete Morelli wasn't as bad as he was, the Eagles would have basically maybe not blown out the Panthers, but they would have won pretty decisively in that game. They were the better team clearly all along. So I don't want to hear that the Eagles haven't beaten anyone because, first of all, you can only play who's on your schedule. And along with that thought as well, it's not like the Eagles are just beating the Bears by seven points. It's not like they're just winning. They're killing the teams that they're playing. I think that I've made that point over and over. That matters in the NFL. It doesn't – I've heard that I've, – I've seen some say that style points don't matter. That's not true. They absolutely do. When you're killing a team or killing multiple teams every single week – there's something to be said about that. And there's a lot to be said about this Eagles team. So we will have more for you this week on BGN Radio. So you sub- to our, you should subscribe to our podcast feed. Again, that's BGN Radio. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, any of those podcast apps. We'll have our BGN Radio dailies for this week. We'll have the preview show. We'll have Counterpoint with Jack Fritz. We'll have... Uh, the the next level podcast with Tehran and Barrett Brooks will have hopefully Friday conversations where we interview someone. Lots of great programming right here on the BGN Radio feed. Um, so I'm tr- I gotta say, not say um. I, I, I don't do the um thing, Brandon. So it's been a great episode. Again, I want to remind you that the tickets for the We Were Right Before Christmas celebration of the Eagles and the Sixers with your favorite podcast, BGN Radio and Right Sturkey Sanchez Podcast. Those are available. You can go to undergroundarts.org. You can go to at BGN underscore radio on Twitter. You can check out the information. You can get the tickets today while they are only $15. Again, if this is Cyber Monday that you're listening to this on, they are only $15. They go up to 18 on Tuesday. So you have until midnight tonight to get them at their current price. Go and get them now. We're going to have special guests there. It's going to be a lot of fun. There will be drinks. There will be It'll be a great time. It's, it's right before Christmas on December 22nd at Underground Arts. We're going to have a lot of fun. Get to celebrate with your fellow Eagles fans and your fellow Sixers fans, your, your fellow Philly fans, that the teams are so good right now. Let's take advantage of it. Let's... Let's, let's just enjoy it, man. They're, they're good. Take it. Take a second to appreciate it. Um, I think that just about does it for today's episode. Thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone, I should say, for tuning in. This has been Afternoon QB with BLG. I'll see you on the preview show. Preview show. I can't talk today. I'll see you on the preview show. Take it easy. Have a great time, everyone and fly eagles.
Stretch your hand and I'ma chop it off I dare you ask for a favor From your boss's boss Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles White wine sauce Rwanda and a Ross Reload the Nina Ross Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero Hocus pocus, Gucci loafers Cake with bacon soda Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia Bang revolvers, problem solvers That pain the mothers Lost a child, clips from play when they hear Belial Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep dead You either sheep or shed, be scared and cut to pieces I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order Head nods and cat calls cause it's pops in order Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, the type you never seen again No meat, no leather, I'm just pimpin' a pin We live that life that you're wishing against More money, more power, more women and shit It's me and I'm motherfucker Who you think this is? Gia, Dallas streets cruising around about